This is Family Impact, a weekly ministry of the Christian Grandparenting Network, building a legacy that matters generation to generation. Here is the host of Family Impact, Kevin Harper. Thanks, Tom, and welcome to another edition of Family Impact. If you heard our previous episode with Sherry Schumann, you were undoubtedly powerfully challenged to take prayer seriously. Today, we continue our conversation with Sherry about the power of prayer as a weapon of spiritual warfare and our need to guard our own hearts and souls. So let's join Sherry once again on the topic of prayer as our first line of offense in the spiritual battle for the hearts, minds, and souls of our grandchildren. We apologize again for the audio difficulties in this interview, but know you will be blessed by Sherry's insights anyway. As we're talking about prayer, we talked last time about the importance of prayer and some of the obstacles that we have to deal with. This is spiritual warfare stuff, and this is our weapon for spiritual warfare. So how do we pray, and who should we be praying for, and uh, who should we be praying with? Thanks for starting with the fact, again, that this is a spiritual battle. And if we're in a spiritual battle, then we need a spiritual weapon. While I'm on that, let me say that so often, and I do it myself, I I will talk to somebody who's undergoing a, a very difficult situation, and I will say, oh, I'll pray for you, as though it is the last resort. We have got to change our mindsets. Prayer is not our last resort. It is our first resort. So instead of trying everything we can of our own strength, and then finally, when we're hopeless, resorting to prayer, we have got to think of prayer first um, in any situation. You know, I think we need to look, we, we talked the last time about some points of why don't we pray, but I think what we can do is look at some nuts and bolts at how we should pray. First of all, there's not a wrong way to pray. God simply wants us in relationship with him. I think we need to pray daily. I think we need to begin to pray corporately as the body of Christ. Tremendous power is unleashed when we get with other believers to pray. And I'd like to bring up, we have gap groups, grandparent at prayer groups, meeting all over the world. Remember, Christ said, where two or more are gathered, there I am. So a group can be two people, or a group can be 25 people. But it is a group of grandparents who have chosen a set time, whether it's once a month, every other week, every other month, once a week, where they gather to pray for an hour for their children and their grandchildren. So I'd like to raise that up. Anybody that wants information can go to Christian Grandparenting Network website. There's an inquiry. I will send you a letter back with resources We as grandparents are not alone. We can be praying together. Another thing I've mentioned multiple times is asking the Holy Spirit to guide us. And um, where it says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I 
I think we as believers need to assess our prayer life from time to time and say, what is my weakness right now? Is it finding a set time of day? Is it that I can't pray? Is it that I haven't really picked up my Bible and read in a month or so? I think we need to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance on that and ask him to intercede on our behalf. Another thing I think that is vitally important, especially when we feel as though we, we just don't know how to pray, you know, Psalm 1830 says that the word of God is flawless. So we can pray scripture. When I'm reading my Bible, sometimes a verse will just jump out at me. I will write that scripture down in a journal And very often, that becomes scripture in a prayer that I write, either for our grandchildren or someone else, or a prayer that I say. I'll go back to that journal and say, you know, I I need scripture on joy. Another example is I, I walk around the block, and I pray as I walk, and I have a set section of the road where I, I pray Ephesians, where it talks about that we are the, the handiwork of God, Ephesians 2.10. And I will, I will just pray, Lord, let our grandchildren know that they are the handiwork of God. And that's just the scripture I'm pulling in, and I name our grandchildren, and I, and I pray that scripture. Christian Grandparenting Network um, has scripture cards. My partner, Lillian Penner, wrote amazing cards that, that have verses listed by topic. For example, if someone has a grandchild that has anger issues, then there's a verse there on anger. There are One of the cards has 30 days, so that you can pray one of these scriptures a day. One has 31 days. You can use the scripture cards however you want to. I I think another thing um, that we need to do is is realize that um, prayer is not limited by boundaries. Mm. When we think of grandparents, we think of, you know, the brand new grandmother holding that baby, not, not a problem in the world. And I think, unfortunately, many of us grandparents look at other grandparents and think they have no problems. For example, they don't have a prodigal child or they don't have um, grandchildren with special needs. Or, and, and to me, this is so tragic, but a woman recently referred to herself as the rejected grandmother. In other words, she's allowed no relationship Another example, I actually um, spoke with a woman who was Jewish and gave her life to Christ, and she is not allowed to speak Jesus' name in front of her grandchildren. And she said, what am I to do? My heart is breaking. And I told her, I said, you still have the strongest weapon in the arsenal. Your children can say that you cannot speak to your grandchildren about Jesus, but they cannot say you cannot talk to Jesus about your grandchildren. So I said to her, you get on your knees. If you have to get on the floor and you pray and it may be one month, it may be 20 years, but you don't stop praying. God will honor and answer those prayers. And I, um, I think 
I think two more points I'd like to make, Kevin. First of all, we need to model prayer with our grandchildren. Uh, one of my favorite stories is our granddaughter was three, and she was standing on a, on a slide. We were at the playground. There was a siren in the background, and all of a sudden she screamed, Grandma, quick, there's an emergency. We must pray. Having my heart, it just leaped. Not because there was an emergency, of course, but because at three years old, she understood intercessory prayer. And I thought, this is amazing. Exactly. Now I do confess, God bless her. Now we have to pray for the ambulance driver because she's now the policeman. And we are now to the surgeons and the nurses. (laughs) Um, I I think one thing I'd like to bring up um, in Mark Batterson's book, The Circle Maker, he talks about his grandfather listening to his grandfather who was deaf he would take his hearing aids out and Mark Batterson would lay in one of the other bedrooms and hear his grandfather pray for him. And he says that his grandfather died when he was six. That impact, that legacy that his grandfather left him, um, now as an adult, sometimes he will see God answering prayers or just the power of God working in his life. And that still small voice says, these are the prayers of your grandfather still being answered. Yeah, you know, this is significant stuff we're talking about. I mean, maybe we can't have the relationships. Maybe we don't know what the future holds, but we can pray. And that's, that's not a trivial thing at all. Right, right. I had a woman ask me one time, she said, but what if we don't see God answer the prayers? And I said, that, that, that doesn't matter. God may call me home five minutes from now. That doesn't matter. The fact that I pray is what matters. And I, I just, like I said, I think we need to challenge each other. I think we need to get on our knees. Um, you know, in Revelation 5, it talks about the elders bowing before the Lamb. And in one hand, they have a harp, and in the other Mm -hmm. hand, they have a golden bowl of incense. In the New Testament, that incense is the prayers of the saints. In the New Testament, saints were any believers. There are golden bowls full of our prayers. And, And I don't know about the listening audience, but I want to fill lots of bowls, prayers for my children and my grandchildren. Amen to that. So you mentioned the story a bit ago of Mark Batterson's grandfather and the impact that he had. So there was a man who was not really your grandfather who had a similar impact on your life. Tell us about it. Amazing. This, I, I call it the story of my praying grandfather. He wasn't really my grandfather. I, I don't know his name. I don't know what he looks like. I know nothing about him except for he was a man of faith and a man of prayer, not raised in a Christian home. And at the age of 13, I gave my life to Christ at a Billy Graham movie. Believe it or not, there was an altar call. Came home, said to my family, I've given my life to Christ. And my dad said, don't ever bring religion into our home, ever. 
To my parents' credit, I was allowed to go to church with a neighbor. Now, I just want to jump ahead and let y'all know that my mom and dad knew the Lord when they went home. Mm. Anyway, when I was um, 14, I had major surgery on half of my face, plastic surgery. I had been born with a congenital birth defect, and they fixed it when I was 14. I was in Cincinnati Children's Hospital for 20 days. Mom would come visit me in the morning, then she would go to work and then come back in the afternoon. She worked for a group of ophthalmologists. One day during this three-week period, one of the elderly patients came in for an eye exam, and he said, Ruthie, where's your smile? Well, my daughter's had surgery, and I'm, and I'm worried, um, but thank you, you know, for, for recognizing that I'm kind of quiet today. Um, surgery was a success. A year later, the elderly man came back for his eye exam. He said to my mom, Ruthie, how's your daughter? Well, she didn't even remember the conversation, and she said, my daughter, how do you know I have a daughter? And he said, you know, your daughter, the one that had surgery, I have prayed for her every day for a year. My mom came home and told me that story, and the two of us sat at the kitchen table and cried. That year had been the worst year in my family's history. My folks' marriage was, was not in a good place, and, and my parents weren't healthy, and neither, neither was I, therefore. I was a young Christian trying to navigate a world of chaos. I went up to bed that night, and I knelt down by my bed. And, I, I, you know, Kevin, I didn't know fancy words like prayer warrior. I hadn't learned that one yet. But I just called out to God, and I said, God, make me like him. I want to be like him. I want to pray for people I know and people I don't know. I want to... I want to pray for a week. I want to pray for a year. I just want to pray like that man. The amazing thing is I sit before you now as one of the co-directors for the prayer ministry of Christian Grandparenting Network. Next to giving my life to Christ, there's nothing that has impacted my life more than the prayer that I prayed that night. And so what has happened is I have fallen in love with this man that I do not know, but he is my praying grandfather. When we get to heaven, you know, we all have a question or two. We want to ask Jesus of one question, and that is, where is he? Yes, my praying grandfather. I just want to hug his neck. <laughs> and I think you will get a chance to do that. And, and you know what I would say, Kevin, is this man who I know nothing about, God used through prayer to impact my life. Imagine the impact we can have lives of our children and our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, all future generations, if we would just commit ourselves to praying with other grandparents. Oh, that's a great word for us, Sherry. Uh, and do we really believe it? Uh, do we really believe that power of prayer and that the, right, the prayers of a righteous person really do have great effect? And that's a great example of it. And like you say, imagine, 
what could happen if we were on our knees praying for our kids, our grandkids regularly. Hey, thanks for sharing all of this. Any last words you'd like to give to people in terms of how they, again, can find those resources or anything else that you think that they need to know about? Sure. Um, if they would go to Christian Grandparenting Network, at the top bar, there is prayer, and they can just do the drop-down for prayer. You'll see Grandparents' Day of Prayer, which is the um, Sunday after Labor Day or the second Sunday in September. They can find information for their churches for that. Or if they go to Grandparents at Prayer, which we affectionately call GAP, they can send in an inquiry and they will hear from me. If they want, they can just contact me at um, sherry at christiangrandparenting.net. Great. Thank you again, Sherry. And uh, this is going to be some great things for us all to ponder and put into practice. Good. Thank you so much. Blessings. Indeed, Sherry has given us much to think about and to ask how God would have us put into practice passionate and effectual praying for our grandchildren and other children God may bring across our path. I hope you will leave your comments with Sherry about how she has spoken to you today. We always love to hear from our listeners. Until next time, I'm Kevin Harper, your host on Family Impact. May God bless you and draw you to him as prayer warriors on behalf of another generation.